Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Charlie. This week, I am joined by Tyler McCall. Tyler is co-owner of Paper and Pencil alongside his husband, Eric Campbell. Paper and Pencil is Andersonville's friendly neighborhood stationery shop, offering high-quality stationery goods and supplies, including greeting cards, notebooks, and writing tools. They feature products from independent brands from around the world alongside Japanese, French, British, and German stationery favorites. Paper and Pencil is local, independent, and queer-owned. Tyler, hello. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good, I'm very glad to have you here. Thank you. So I'm, you know, usually jump right in, but I just want to say I'm especially excited for this one because, oh, you're one of our newest businesses in the neighborhood. Yes. And uh, recently there's been quite a buzz about you because the New York Times a couple weeks ago released an article of 36 hours in Chicago. Things to do in Chicago in 36 hours. And you were one of the paper and pencil was one of the businesses called out as a great shopping destination. Yes. One of the four mentioned in Andersonville. Mm -hmm. Four of the five places to shop were all Andersonville. Which is really exciting. Yeah, it was you. It was uh, the understudy, Women and Children First and Rare Form. Yes. Uh, We had Rare Form and the understudy on recently. But it it was so exciting. And when we were around the neighborhood, everyone was sharing the article. And people were saying, we saw you in the New York Times article. Yes. So we were very happy to see that. Congratulations on that. Thank you. It was such a surprise. People were coming in the shop over the past few weeks talking about it. And I think what people don't realize is that we had no idea what's happening either. Yeah. <laughs> we all like I wake up in the morning and I have a thousand text messages. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Yes. Yeah. So it was really exciting. And it's exciting not just for Andersonville to be featured so prominently, but also for us as like a brand new business to yeah. be featured. I think, you know, it just means the world. So Absolutely. thank you, um, New York. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, New York. Uh, keep your rain. We'll take your press. Though. Yes. And get your trash on the sidewalks. Yeah. But, can we okay. get your trash going? <laughs> well, then, Tyler, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? You know, your background, how paper and pencil came to be. You know, I've I've interviewed a number of people on this show who talk about their dreams of one day opening one store or another. But you're my first whose dream was stationary. Yes. Yeah. So I right out of college, I went to work in the nonprofit world. So I did that for a, a while. I worked for the YMCA for a long time. Actually, how I came to Chicago for the very first time was between my junior and senior year of college. And I interned for YMCA of the USA. People may not realize, but the national headquarters for the YMCA is here in Chicago. I did not know that. Yes. So I interned here that summer and uh, spent time in the city. And then Eric, my husband, actually interned at the YMCA here in Chicago the next summer and spent time here. And actually he lived in Andersonville that summer. So that's how we like learned of Andersonville and fell in love with it. Like a long time ago. I, I actually, I, oh my gosh, like 13 years ago. Anyway, so <laughs> right out of college. I went what to, is time anymore? I know, right? yeah. yeah. Right out of college, I went to work in the nonprofit world. I did that for about six years. Worked at the YMCA. I did marketing. I had a membership. I did sales, all kinds of things. And then toward the end of my time there, I was like ready for something different. And one of my best friends and I decided to start a marketing agency called Persona Creative, and that was back in 2014. 
And I did that for a while and did marketing for predominantly like local independent businesses, artists, makers, creatives, those types of folks. And then that business kind of transformed over a few years into a business where I actually taught people how to market their own business or brand using in particular Instagram and social media. And I did that from about 2016 until 2022. So, so local business is, is in your blood, really? Yeah. I mean, I've always like, uh, even when I was doing marketing, when I had my agency, when I was teaching, it was all with like predominantly creatives, artists, makers, and local business owners. So I love local business. I love independent businesses. And I did that for a really long time. And then 2020 happened. Um, <laughs> what, what, what happened in 2020? Yeah, I, know, I, mean, I don't know if we need to yeah. rehash it, but uh, I think a lot of folks, I, I feel like if you made it through like 2020 without kind of rethinking everything about your life and your career and your, you know, like all of those things, like I want to meet you because, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know anyone that did. And 2020 for me was just like really reevaluating like where I wanted to be, what I wanted to be doing. And at the time, Eric and I were actually living back in North Carolina. We had moved to Chicago in 2017. We had been here for a couple of years and then we moved back to North Carolina and I was working in my, my online business, teaching, had my podcast, I had a blog, all that stuff. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so incredibly burnt out and didn't enjoy it and felt like my entire life was just like on the internet because it was. Mm -hmm. So I started kind of figuring out what I wanted to dif do, do differently. And in 2021, Eric and I decided to move back to Chicago. Well, move back to Andersonville in particular. <laughs> and I actually closed my online business in 2022. And I was actually able to sell part of my business, which was really exciting, something I never experienced before. And then I took a year off, which was really cool. <laughs> Eric and I just kind of took a year Oh, hi. Took a year just to like <laughs> hang out and figure out what we wanted to do next. And we started working on paper and pencil. So we really started pursuing paper and pencil, like kind of like spring of 2022. I love talking to people on the podcast and hearing more about like their family backgrounds too, yeah. because a lot of, uh, a lot of our business owners have some kind of business ownership or even whatever yeah. they're in, in their family. I'm, I'm curious, do you have anything in your family background in terms of retail or business ownership or local specifically or stationary. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, my, so my grandfather uh, owned a sawmill like his whole life. So, and I grew up in North Carolina and Western North Carolina. So he did that. My mom was always like very creative and very entrepreneurial. She had a past of so many different entrepreneurial products or, or, or um, entrepreneurial journeys and experiences. None of them really panned out, but uh, she loved, uh, she was a very creative person. She loved a DIY project. She loved a craft. So I think I got a lot of that from her. <laughs> I like grew up crafting. I grew up doing DIY projects around the home. I grew up making gifts and those types of things as a kid. And I always loved that. I've always loved like a DIY project or a craft. It was really my grandmother, my mom's mom, my Nana, who really like kind of instilled this love of writing, handwriting, penmanship, even like, uh, or just like words in general. She really instilled that in me as a kid. I would always sit with her when I would visit her, like during the summer and things like that while she would do her morning puzzles. She was like a newspaper puzzle lady. So she would do all her little puzzles and she always had her like huge dictionary that was always right beside her, like either in the <laughs> kitchen or in her recliner, wherever she was doing her puzzles. 
And I always remember that. And actually, after she passed away, her dictionary was one of the items that I that I got from her. And it means so much to me. And just like seeing her handwriting in oh, there. Oh, that's and, beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's really where I fell in love with like penmanship in particular. I love writing by hand. I love seeing other people's handwriting. I love working on my handwriting. You know, like that was that's definitely something that inspires like the love of the stationery shop for me. Well, I will tell you. I don't think you'd love seeing my handwriting. I was raised by a doctor and I feel like when you're raised by a doc, doctors go to med school to learn how to write in ways where no one can read it. So I won't show you my handwriting, but that's incredible. I mean, that's really, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, your mom had that entrepreneurial side and then your grandmother had this, this sort of creative linguistic side. It's, it's, you've combined two things from two significant people in your life into what you're doing now. Yeah. Was your, um, was, I feel like this is, uh, I was your grandmother a Scrabble grandma because I feel like I, I, my grandmother is a full on Scrabble grandmother. Yes. I love that. Yeah. She loved, she loved to work at her, like her newspaper game of choice was the crypto quote, which I don't know if a lot of people know about, but it's like a cipher type of like daily puzzle. And then she loved, Oh, hi. We would play, um, we would play upwards all the time, which yeah. is Scrabble. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Scrabble adjacent. 3D Scrabble. 3D Scrabble. <laughs> so we would play that all the time. Yeah. She loved a board game. That's yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's a lot of people's pastime is Scrabble with their with their yes. grandparents. And she's competitive too. <laughs> so I mean She has that dictionary. She so, has the dictionary. Tyler, exactly. that's not a word. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm sure it is. No, it's not a word, Tyler. Yeah. It's a proper <laughs> noun. You can't exactly. use it. Exactly. So all right. One of the questions I was most excited for, just because I feel like I, you know, I was a '90s kid, and pens had their yes. their exciting developments in the '90s. Forget computers, I fell into a gel pen rabbit hole. Totally. So yes. I want to know what was. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone was immune to that either. But what was your first or most memorable piece of stationery or writing device? Yes, I love the gel pens. I think like any good little gay '90s boy, <laughs> love the gel pens. That's how uh, our That's how our parents knew. Yeah, exactly. The gel yeah. pen. And then you were surprised when I came out at 25. Okay, <laughs> LOL. I loved, I have distinct memories of those. Like, um, they were kind of mechanical pencils in the 90s where you would, it was like the lead was attached to a little plastic piece that you could like pull out and push it in the back and it was like recyclable yeah, or like yeah. it would keep, and they were scented. And they had like five of or six of them in yes, the pen. exactly. I have distinct memories of those. I have distinct memories of, shopping at and then like working at at our elementary school there was always a little like school supply cart that the fifth graders would man like right and we kind of had a v like the hallways one hallway was like kindergarten through second another hallways like third through fifth and right at the front of the v there was a little like rolly supply cart where you could go buy school supplies and i remember buying school supplies there and also like working that when i was in fifth grade so all of those pencils, mechanical pencils. I love like a classic Bic mechanical pencil. So that was your first business really was the, I mean, the stationary cart in th- fifth grade. <laughs> I think so. I didn't get to keep any of the money. <laughs> my first business was like, um, you know, playing Monopoly with my grandmother. And um, there you go. Always wanting to be banker so I could steal money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's much easier to steal money as the bank. That's for sure. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's fantastic. I, uh, I I love hearing where these sort of inspirations come from. I definitely yeah. remember those those continual like revolving mechanical pencils. Yes. And then um, I remember uh, I was astounded the first time I saw one of those pens that had like 
five different colors in it. You yes. push the little switch down and you get yeah. red and you push the other one down, you get mm -hmm. green. Granted, I don't think I used any of these things to actually write. It was mostly just to play with during class. Yeah, of course. But yeah, the jelly roll pens are fun or the gel pens because that is one of the items when people come in the shop, people of a certain age, fellow millennials, when they come in the shop and they see those, I mean, their eyes light up yeah. and they're always <laughs> like, I've not seen these since middle school. That's what people <laughs> always say. Or they'll say, I always used to love these pens and then we always encourage them we're like well play with them like yeah. use them have you fun can, yeah you can fall in love with them again and so many people do that's like anything in the shop you know people all the time who are like oh i never use pencils anymore because everything's digital and i just use pens i wish i use pencils more often and we just say you can you can, can decide to use a pencil or people who say oh i wish i sent more letters then i would have like the wax seals and the stickers and all of that and we're like well you can just start sending letters yeah. you know yeah <laughs> that's the coolest thing you're an adult now you can you can do can those do things that. i've always wanted to i don't know if anyone would be able to read them is the only problem. that's right well and you know penmanship is one of those things it's like anything it just takes practice um i assume you know cursive Okay, my cursive is terrible. <laughs> and I actually I want to work on it. That's one of the things that I need to practice. I think at least I was one of the last years they taught cursive too. And then they just yeah. put us all on they gave up on us and just put us all in typing, which yes. good. I'm glad they did. But yeah. I can't even read cursive uh, at I this know. point. So. It's really hard. Yeah, I've been collecting more and more like vintage ephemera these days mm -hmm. and like vintage postcards and things. And they're all of course in cursive. And I can hardly read half of it, but it's so beautiful. I mean, just to think like how intricate that was, it's so interesting. I used to think if I just combine all my letters, if yeah. I just print, but then combine all my letters, that's cursive, yeah, right? Exactly. That counts. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was, uh, I walk into the store and it's so bright and colorful. And I was thinking the one thing that would be in there that would make it a perfect dream of mine is, do you remember those pencil boxes that had all those secret compartments in them? Yes. Like you'd click the side and one particular totally. section would come out. Oh my gosh. Yes. Make a dream come true. I'll, I'll look for them. Yeah. Keep an eye out for them. those. Yeah. Um, well, so tell me a bit about just because I, I mean, completely ignorant about stationery, you know, yeah. the papers and the pencils. I, you know, I, I think there's there's so much fun in the store. I remember the first time I walked in there and I started getting pictures of everything, even just some of your checklist notepads. And I'm not a writing person. I'm not a checklist, uh, a paper person, but. I bought a bunch of these notepads, specifically the gay agenda. Yes. I have my gay agenda on my desk and I write yes. my things I have to do and I, I check them out. But, you know, uh, what makes obviously your your product, you know, sort of speaks for itself and shows its humor and it's fun. But yeah. what makes a good piece of stationery or why is one pen better than another? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I think a lot of it is personal taste and personal preference. So one thing we try hard to do in the shop, which is difficult because we only have 400 square feet. And if you've been in the shop, you've seen, we have a tiny shop. We have no back room. We have, we have no storage. So like what we have is out, but what we try our best to do is have a broad range of, products that cater to that taste. So when someone's picking a notebook, they have preferences about the binding of the notebook, the cover, the paper, the type of paper, the design of paper. So we try really hard to kind of cater to all those different tastes while at the same time uh, picking products that are really well made. So for us, that looks like products that are either made by hand in the US. So we have products from brands like Rough House Press, which is in Lawrence, Kansas, or Shorthand or Iron Curtain Press, which is in Los Angeles. And all of those products are made by hand in these studios, you know, wherever these businesses are based. Or we pick really high quality products like really beautiful Japanese papers and, you know, notebooks and things like that, that 
are coveted around the world. So it's really about the quality of the product. And the same with pens. It's really about having kind of that breadth of experience for people because people come in. One of my favorite things to do is help people like find the perfect pen. Uh, we have over 500 options in the shop right now. So I love like helping people pick based on like the tip size, based on if they're left-handed or right-handed and all those things. So it's really about personal preference, but with a lot of the stuff we're focused primarily on the quality of the product. Mm -hmm. And also like if it's a popular product, if it's something that people really want, you know, there's a lot of stationary products that go very viral on social media. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, people have been coming in all summer looking for like the Tombow glue pen that they saw on TikTok or the Curatoga rotating mechanical pencil that they saw on Instagram. And like, of course, we have those things because those are really made well, really well made Japanese products that people want. But, you know, we're also really trying to have, you know, some like handmade American products too that fit in. So, you know, you said, um, uh, one thing you like doing is helping people find what's, you know, works best for them. And yes. I, I also quick sojourn for anyone that is a Pinterest fiend or people that love just perfectly meticulously aligned stores. I mean, if you go want to go into a place and just be completely satisfied with how everything is arranged and how perfectly symmetrical everything is, go to paper and pencil. It is aesthetically just a joy to walk in there. Thank you for that because <laughs> I, you know, Eric and I only see the chaos of it sometimes. Yes. Um, so thank you for that. Oh my I gosh. It's that. so, it's so like I, I walk, it's also, it's such a bright store. Your light is fantastic. Yeah. You know, your window is huge. So you walk in and it feels welcoming, but then everything is so perfectly aligned. So, but you, um, I'm, I'm curious about this because I've, this isn't something I really thought of. I'll go into a stationary store and like I said, I don't write, but I'll want to buy a notebook and I'll keep yeah. telling myself I'm going to write in it, but then maybe I figure out this notebook's too small for my preferences to write in or something. So how do you help someone find their preferred, it seems not crazy, but it seems, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, if it's supposed to like it's similar to helping someone find, I don't know, just from my own experience, the right pair of glasses or the right yeah, pair of shoes. Of course. You know, yeah. how does that how do you do that? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, the notebook example is a great one because we have people come in all the time looking for notebooks. And sometimes they may be, they may even be looking for a specific brand that they've always used mm -hmm. that we may not carry. For example, we don't carry moleskin products in our shop because women and children first carries moleskin. So they may come in looking for that. And we're like, we don't have it. You can go here or these are some other options. And I think one of the first things we ask is, what are you going to do with it? Like, what are you using the notebook for? A really uh, something people should think about when choosing notebooks is, is it a notebook you're going to use in one place or is it going to move with you? So is this notebook going in your backpack or in your, you know, your messenger bag to go back and forth to work or to go to the coffee shop? Or is this just going to sit on your desk at home or like on the coffee or on the kitchen table at home? Because you can choose different notebooks based on that. Like you may want a sturdier notebook. Um, and then how are you going to use the inside of the notebook? So are you using it for list? Is it for journaling? Is it for bullet journaling? Is it for drawing? Because then that can impact the kind of paper and like the design of paper. So it's really just about asking a lot of questions and mm -hmm. kind of figuring out what people 
want their notebook to do for them. The same thing with pens. You know, I ask a lot of questions about like, what tip size do you like? What are the problems you typically have with pens? What pens do you typically like to use? And the really cool thing is that we have people who come in who have maybe always used this one certain type of pen because that's the pen you can get at Staples or Walgreens or at Target. But we have so many different options because we're importing products from Japan and from Germany and from the UK. And there's so much incredible Japanese stationery in particular. So we're able to introduce people to like products and brands they've never heard of because they're not common in the US. And then they're in love with it, you know. And I always joke, people that come in and say, oh my gosh, I love buying notebooks, but I never use them, are some of our favorite customers. <laughs> and my other favorite customer- That's are- good to know. Great. I'm glad, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I'm, glad I'm not necessarily yes. <laughs> doing something wrong. And my other favorite customer is the person that comes in and says, oh my gosh, I love buying pins, but I always lose them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like, well, come on in, you know, but of course, like we want to help you find a way to use. I think one of the things with notebooks, Charlie, is like people treat them as too precious and people are scared to write in them. And it's like, it's just a notebook. Yeah. Just fill it up and then throw it away or burn it or put it on the shelf or throw it in a box, whatever, and then get another one. You know, it's just a notebook. There's something about it. It feels like something I shouldn't finish it. And pens feel like something if, you know, I bought a nice pen from paper and pencil and it's great. I love that it's a thinner tip and it's lighter, but, but I, I'm, I don't use it because I yes. almost feel like one, I should use it for very specific things like sure. writing in the journal that I have. Sure. Um, <laughs> that you don't use. That I don't use. <laughs> yes. Right. But, uh, I also, I know I can get another one. I don't want it to run out. You know, I yeah, feel like it's, it is this precious thing. That's so interesting. Yeah. And it's really like <clears throat> filling your notebook or using your pen all the way is such an incredible achievement. Yeah. You know? So we use, we're using our own products in the shop all the time. One example is we use mild liner highlighters. It's a highlighter made by Zebra. It has a chisel tip and then a bullet tip and really popular product. Eric and I use those all day, every day because we use it for receiving product. We like highlight product, check it off as we're like doing all the receiving. And we go through like one of those a month. And I guess it was maybe about a month ago. I was like, gosh, this thing already ran out. And then I went, wait, yeah, that's good. Like that's the point. We're using it every single day. Like we're using this product. That's Mm -hmm. what they're here for. (laughs) And maybe it's one of those things where you'll use it more if you really like it. You know, you'll, it's sort of the regular thing for, for anything you buy or anything that's a, uh, any piece that's a part of your regular day-to-day life is if you like it, you'll want to use it. Exactly. Um, So I have a question because uh, I think for people that want to use notebooks and especially with Instagram and TikTok and everything, I've had those times where I've started getting all of these sponsored ads for particular new types of notebooks and everything. And I know, you know, obviously you have the line paper notebook you with, I know there's different types of lines and everything, but one of the ones that I've seen a lot is the, uh, I don't know how you would refer to it. The one that is just dots on the pages. Dot dot grid paper. So, because I know the idea with those is that because it's just dot grid paper, you can use it a million different ways. You can organize it differently. But when I did get one, I was very confused and I wasn't sure what to do with it. And is that the sort of thing, like, uh, do you have a particular type of recommendation for particular types of notebooks based on, you know, you said you ask, people ask questions, you know, what would you ask them? What would you use it for? Like, I'm curious what that dot grid notebook would be used for what, yeah. what you think of it as as uh, an appropriate notebook for. Yeah, dot grid paper is 
I think it's been it's become so popular because of the idea of bullet journaling, which is a really popular way to kind of organize your thoughts and your tasks. If you just spend a few minutes looking up bullet journaling on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or just Google it, you'll come across a lot of different kind of uh, ideas or schools of thought about bullet journaling. But the basic idea is that it allows you to have a place to kind of dump all of your thoughts and your tasks. And then by using a system of symbols, you can indicate whether the tasks are completed, whether they are moved to another time, whether uh, the task is delayed indefinitely and things like that. And, and dot grid paper became really popular because of the concept of bullet journaling. I think dot grid paper is a great example of something that just gives you, like you said, it kind of gives you that freedom because mm -hmm. you can make a list on the paper. You can use it to write like you would ruled paper, like in a journal. You can use it to sketch because the dots on dot grid paper are a little faint, yeah. right? So it's easy for sketching. We have a lot of folks who really like it, who are, you know, graphic designers, brand designers, creatives, interior designers, folks like that, who like the dot grid because it can give you structure because it is laid out in a grid pattern, but you don't have to be fully committed to some kind of structure. So yeah, that's just one example of like a paper style that can be really popular, but it's also one of those where like, if you buy it because you're like, well, everyone's using it or I should use this or, oh, I think this is cool, but without really a plan for it, mm -hmm. you can then get stuck because you're like, well, I don't know what to do right. with this. I don't know how yeah. to use it. All I've ever known how to do is write from left to right. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm confused about this. Yes. Do you, um, do you have a favorite type of style of notebook that you use? Yeah, so I use our Mishmash Log, which is a system of a leather cover with uh, paper inserts that use an elastic band to kind of hold the paper inserts around the leather cover. It's a woman-owned business. They're all made by hand in Porto, Portugal. So we bring those in. I love the Mishmash Log, and I love the squared or like traditional grid paper the best. I like having some structure where I can like do my lists and my tasks, and I can also draw on it. And it just works really well for me. So that's awesome. what I use every day. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to come in for a consultation if you don't yes, mind. Please. Yes. Um, <laughs> one of the things, and I commented on this a little bit before, but your product is, there's such a humor about it. I mean, there's, there's, you know, it's not like walking into a store where it's just the very basic, uh, you know, type of product that's either just, you know, watermarked with the company that made it. I mean... Like I mentioned, the gay agenda uh, is was a favorite. I know when you opened, you told me uh, we put a picture of that up and you said it sold out immediately because yes. it's great. It's hysterical. Yeah. Um, and I so I, I kind of want to know uh, where the humor in your product stems from. I imagine it's, you know, what you and Eric, you know, like and you find funny, too. But yeah, uh, I you know, where where does that inspiration for bringing that type of product uh, come from? And then also, what are some of your favorite pieces like that you have yeah. in the store? Yeah. So I, since the idea of paper and pencil came to be over a year ago, we've thought really hard about like the kind of shop that we want to be and how it fits particularly into Andersonville. And I think that's, I think maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, like kind of opening a business. I think that's a big mistake. We will talk about that. <laughs> I think that's a big mistake that people make sometimes is not thinking of like, Okay, yes, like opening a stationery shop for me had always been a dream and it's something I always wanted to do. And when we decided to do it, now we're doing it in the context of Andersonville. And for us, that meant looking at like what is already out there and what is already being done really well. So a great example is you can find a lot of really funny greeting cards and products in the neighborhood that feature a lot of pop culture references at other shops. So we don't do 
we don't really do pop culture on our products of paper and pencil because it's already done so well by other shops like Enjoy or Four Sided. So we don't need to do it at paper and pencil. Mm -hmm. She can find it somewhere else. So when we're thinking about like, how do we bring products that kind of have lightness to them and that are fun and that people enjoy? It's about picking products that have like, that have things on them that aren't really corny because I don't like corny things. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a fan of like gratuitous cursing. I think I think a well-placed F-bomb can work really well, but I think there's a lot of stationery out there that just uses cursing all over the place to try and make it funny, but it's not. Yeah. So I'm mindful about that. No offense to any stationers listening that do a lot of cursy words on your products. Oh, but like you said, it can be appropriately used in a really fun way. Exactly. I mean, um, yes. we've mentioned this a few times, but Emma at Rare Form, you know, yes. her pieces uh, that utilize them are just, they're hysterical. Yes. They're, they're very tastefully and artfully exactly. done. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And it's like, it's done with like intention, which I like. So we're looking at that. And, you know, a big thing for us with paper and pencil and the products we carry is we think of ourselves as a neighborhood stationery shop. And for us, that mindset is very different than what a lot of, or not a lot, but what some other stationery shops may try and do. Because in the stationery world, there's kind of some different paths you can take. You can go very um, high end, very like, you know, minimal in terms of you have like one of each product out for display. The rest of your products are behind the counter. We just don't have room to do that. It's <laughs> like a Rolex <laughs> at our or something. Shop. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you can get into higher price products or it's like just way more kind of like, I don't know, more of like a um, kind of a high end experience. Other stationary shops can go more of the gift shop direction, which has a lot of gifts and tchotchkes and candles and all that kind of stuff. And and even when you when we were designing our shop, we thought about those things. And then even kind of the overall aesthetic or the brand, like a lot of times stationary shops can go very feminine. It can go very rose gold and pink and bubbly and those types of things. Cause I mean, most stationary shops are typically owned by women. So we're two men that own a stationary shop, two queer men, but still like we wanted something that was a little more like gender neutral. That wasn't as gendered in the shop. We wanted something that wasn't as high end because we know a lot of our neighbors are going to come in and they're literally just looking for like, a new four or five dollar pen mm -hmm. or a twenty dollar notebook like they're not going to invest a ton because that's not as important to them and we wanted a shop where anyone that walked in could walk out with something so that's why we introduced things like the stickers and enamel pins and those types of fun things more like chicago oriented things because that gives people something to walk out with and to have a memory of paper and pencil as well well and i think one of the things that i love about your store and you know i've talked about walking in there and it just being so bright and welcoming and inviting but Andersonville, I think one of the things that I love about this neighborhood is, you know, we do have some very queer LGBTQ aligned, uh, you know, uh, morals in, in this neighborhood. Yeah. And a lot of the time people tell us that they see us as an LGBT neighborhood, but it doesn't feel exclusively LGBT. Yes. And I think one of the things I love about paper and pencils, you walk in there and it feels like one of those welcoming environments where it suits everyone you know yes. you do have that humor and you have that personality in there and there's a great uh sort of queerness to your store that i yeah. that is is fun and inviting but it's not like you're alienating anyone outside of a different uh you know in a different de demographic or you yeah. know with a different niche type of humor or personality yeah totally yeah we try to be mindful of that and even like mindful of people with kids and like what's something a kid would like like we're not a store for kids but kids are welcome to come in and shop with us you know so yeah. kind of having that approach and 
it's funny with like being a queer owned shop and a very like, you know, LGBTQ neighborhood. We, I think it was like right after we opened, I looked at all the wedding cards I had bought and I didn't have any for straight weddings. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess straight people still get married too. <laughs> I need to get some straight wedding cards, you know, but we, you know, one thing that we, we brought in, which I love is we have, um, we have two brands that we feature. One is uh, out of France and the other is out of Canada that are both queer owned businesses. And so bringing in a lot of queer cards. So a lot of like trans affirming cards, cards that are celebrating someone's transition or top surgery or starting on hormones or whatever it may be. And having those cards is really fun and having stickers and pins and cards that celebrate like kind of the vast range of identity and, and gender expression in the queer community is really fun too. So it's been fun to source those products and to kind of have products that speak to that community that speak to us to speak to Eric and I, but also creating a space that is like open and accepting for anyone. That's great. I mean, I've, I can honestly say, except for paper and pencil, I've never seen a place that stocks cards that celebrate those experiences for the trans community yeah. and those, those, uh, milestones and those, uh, victories, those joys. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. That's really awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, so do you stock pieces from local artists? as well yeah we do yeah we have some things that are that are you know chicago chicago land made pieces you know one of our most popular kind of products that we stock are uh chicago hot dog pencils i love yes. those none of them have ketchup in them though i know exactly because that's not <laughs> chicago dog charlie i know i'm um, from pittsburgh we put ketchup and ranch on everything <laughs> i'm from the south so we put ranch on everything there too and our cta pencils those are all made by a favorite design over in albany park so we love those we have some sticker sheets and prints and things that come from kellyanne makes art so she's right here in chicago on the on the north side so we stock her products we met her because she stopped in the shop and chatted with us and then we connected that way um, marigold press is a local business we just placed our first order with madhouse creative company so they're here in chicago land so they make a lot of washi tape and stickers so we're excited to have her products in the shop so yeah, we, we do have like locally made products. You know, one thing, like I mentioned, we try to be mindful of what we stock. You know, I think one of the things that makes an Andersonville or a neighborhood like Andersonville stronger is when the shops you go into have different things. And it's very easy, you know, to kind of get into this rut where like every shop has the same thing. And I always try to think as someone, let's say, you know, I live somewhere else in the city and I'm going to come to Andersonville for the day on a Saturday, it would be so boring if I were to go into every shop and everyone had the same cards yeah. and the same stickers and the same products. So we try to be really mindful of that. And there, and since we are a new shop, there's a lot of pre-existing shops in the neighborhood that have those relationships with artists or with makers or with, with products that they've had for a long time that may be more local or those types of things. And it doesn't make sense for us to carry them because yeah. you're already doing a great job of carrying it there. And we want to introduce people to new products. I mean, that's so counter to a lot of the competitiveness that comes with, you know, a capitalist environment when people are <laughs> yeah. opening shops, either you see people and I don't really, you know, every, everyone we talk to in this podcast, I, I love hearing every time that when people open new businesses, how the community, the Andersonville community and the business owners in particular come together to support you and they yeah. come visit the store and they welcome you and they, and 
you know, that's a very heartening thing. It's inspiring the way that you've planned your store out so that you're not just selling things other people are selling and not just because of a competitive and not because of a competitive nature, but yeah. because it's already available there. Exactly. You know, the fact that you send, you don't carry moleskin because women and children does and you send people down there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've seen you do that, you know, yeah. say go down to women and children first. They've got it. You yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. And and we've even started, you know, as we've been open and building relationships with other shopkeepers in the neighborhood, we have those conversations. So another shopkeeper just recently, they were at market in New York and they know that we carry, we have some overlap with a particular brand and they messaged and said, hey, I'm at market. I'm going to stock this product from this brand. Just wanted to give you a heads up. And I was like, thank you so much because I had thought about stocking it. But since you're going to get it, we're not going to have it. That's great. I'll send people to you to get it. I just placed an order for a new brand, which we haven't had in the shop before. And the brand messaged and said, hey, just so you know, like there's another shop right near you in the neighborhood that we've that we've had a relationship with forever that stocks our products. Do you want to go ahead with your order or not? And I messaged back and I said, thanks for letting me know. No, no you can no. like cancel the order because you're already there. Like we don't we don't you know need you in the shop because right around the corner someone else has it. So I mean, I think, it's great they let you know too. I, know, I mean, I'm that so just speaks they to let us how know. they handle their relationships exactly. so i mean yeah. even the people you're buying your product you're getting your product from yeah care about those relationships yeah and it's really us you know finding a fine line of like there's some products that we're going to have because we're a stationary shop field notes is a great example mm -hmm. we're a stationary shop in chicago we're going to stock field notes it's like hometown brand everyone has field notes everyone loves field notes like we're going to have it but we can also be really picky about some of the products that we carry too. And, and really that mentality of like a rising tide lifts all boats and the idea that the more successful we are, the more successful our neighbors are in Andersonville, the more successful this whole independent locally owned business community can be. That's why I was so excited about the New York times article. Like us being in it was huge, but the fact that four out of the five places to shop were Andersonville, like I don't know if people listening realize like, that's just gonna, I'm sorry, that's just gonna bring more people <laughs> to Andersonville. Cause the, we had people coming in over the first weekend after the article was published, not even visiting who were like, oh yeah, I live in Hyde Park or I live in Logan Square and I knew you opened, but I just never had a reason to come visit. And because I saw that New York Times article, I decided to make the trip today. Well, and you know, Arts Weekend was, uh, happened recently a couple yes. weekends ago. And, you know, we were blessed with 80 degree weather the whole weekend, which certainly helps. But I, you know, I think we saw an incredible response to people. You know, we Arts Weekend is sort of a self-guided tour uh, for anyone unfamiliar businesses throughout the neighborhood host. And we had over 40 artists hosted by number of businesses and people. There was parties on Friday night. I know you did a, uh, what was it? Pino and, Pino and postcards. Pino and postcards. Um, yes. you, you hosted Colty and Lisa Marie Farber from, uh, I believe, Everyone's Type. They, they're on-site poetry on typewriters and they yes. they'll do a custom poem for you right there and then do a voice performance of yes. it. It was a very, very fun event. They're really wonderful. But, you know, the Arts Walk, we had a lot of people that one had come because they'd heard about you in the article, but then, you know, they're walking around all weekend with their guides and they're going in and your store's like a gallery. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was really phenomenal to see people walk around and be like, oh my gosh, paper and pencil was so cool. And I got yeah. a custom poem there and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you really, you, you are, um, paper and pencil is one of the sites, you know, you're not just mm -hmm. a stationary store. You're one of the sites that really represents a personality in the neighborhood. Yeah. And so I think that it's funny because the ulterior motive that Eric and I had in opening paper and pencil was 
to deepen our roots in Andersonville. We've lived here off and on since 2017. And we thought we're like, we, we want to be here. Like this is where we want to live. And then for us, kind of the next step of saying, okay, we want to live here, but we also want to work here. Mm -hmm. And we really want to be a part of this community and a way to be really connected in your community is to open a local business yeah. where you live. So <laughs> it's working. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Eric good. and I have those moments. I'm we look at each other like about once a week, you know, after we run the numbers and we look at our rent and we look at the credit card bill and we look at <laughs> like the terms we have with some of our vendors and we're like, okay, it's working. Yeah. It's still working. It's a lot, but it's working. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Arts Weekend recently, uh, I know you've had other events there and um, you had stationary, there was stationary store day, correct? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because again, not what I would expect out of stationary. You have a whole day dedicated to it. Yes. So uh, stationary store day was started last year, actually in 2022 by a shop owner at Calliope. Calliope is the name of her shop in Natick, Massachusetts. So she started this day because she said, bookstores have days and record stores have days. Why should your local stationery shop not have a day too? <laughs> so this was the second annual stationery store day. So we hosted at Paper and Pencil on August 5th. It's the first, mark your calendars, everyone. Stationary Store Day is the first Saturday in August. So uh, Pencil it into your your uh, your journal that exactly. you've got with your very Thank nice you. pen. Yes. So we hosted at the shop this year, and it was so our first one. And we had vendors. Uh, we had four artist uh, makers from all from Chicago who spent the day with us at the shop doing a pop-up sidewalk market and selling their goods from like handmade greeting cards to stickers to notebooks to uh, washi tape to prints, all kinds of fun things. And that was so exciting. And we're, we've built those relationships with those artists and, um, and we're going to keep doing things like that, mm -hmm. you know, and one of the next things we're excited to introduce this winter is workshops and events at the shop. So we're really excited to, you know, introduce more workshops so people can kind of get hands on with different stationary products or different stationary ideas. And then also meetups so people can connect with one another around their shared love of stationary. <laughs> so again, for us, it's in uh, connecting with these makers and events and things like that. It's just about continuing to build a community around paper and pencil, a community of paper people people and stationary lovers on Chicago's north side and giving people a place where they can connect with one another. Well, and I love you see, you see, you know, people, you know, I walk in and I, I'll see people that are, you know, already hardcore stationary people, but yes. um, I, uh, you don't realize until you start either talking to you or Eric or hearing people in the store, even just eavesdrop with their, uh, on their conversation <laughs> yeah. with their friend, just talking about how cool this one particular product is, but Stationery is more than a hobby for people. It's one of the things that they have in their lives that keeps them, you know, motivated and happy and and organized. But, yeah. you know, I, I've talked to people there who getting up and writing, you know, their list for the day out in their special journal with their special pen is is an exciting thing for them in the morning. You know, yeah. I, I, I love to see something like stationery have such a significant effect on people like that. Yeah. I mean, putting pen to paper in a variety of areas in your life can have really incredible impacts and research shows time and time again that writing things down helps you reinforce what you're learning what you're coming to understand it helps you better understand yourself it helps you better process your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions you know and and writing letters and cards and notes to people that you love and that you care about 
will always mean more than a text message or a phone call. I yeah. promise you it will. So those types of things are just things that we're really trying to encourage. And like I said earlier, either reconnect people with someone that they love, like pens or pencils that they had when they were a kid, or help people connect with their friends and family who they may not live near by sending some some written mail or something like that, or better connect with themselves through journaling or task keeping or note taking or whatever it may be. Oh, yeah. I mean... I will say, you know, I'm, I've always been a tech person. Like I said, I don't handwrite very well. But when I started writing things down from stuff that I got from paper and pencil, I found I looked at, I referenced them more yeah. as opposed to the list of things on my phone. Totally. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's really crazy how something like that, uh, it's just, it's really phenomenal how something like that can have such a significant effect on your mood and just yes. your motivation. Yeah. Uh, you write something down and you want to be able to cross it off. You want to yeah. be able to do that long, that long, uh, <laughs> that long straight line through buy coffee today or something. Yes, exactly. One of the notepads we had, which we don't have right now, I need to reorder more. Uh, I think the title was like a list of things that I've already done that I wanted to write down so I could cross it off. <laughs> <laughs> so that one was oh really great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So satisfying. So satisfying. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we've, we talked a lot about, you know, your passion for stationary and for opening the store. And we've talked a lot about your passion for Andersonville too, which of course we always love to hear, but uh, I, I'd love to hear a little bit about your process for opening the store. You know, we all had our reevaluation during COVID and you even mentioned that at that point you realized how burnt out you were, which I think was a big thing when we were all forced to do nothing. We realized, wow, doing nothing actually can be kind of <laughs> nice yeah. for a minute. But everyone I've talked to has had a very different experience in opening a store. So various hardships can be the same in terms sure. of going through the, the you know, legal uh, logistics of it. But what was your process like opening paper and pencil and getting it to a place where you felt like you'd really accomplished what you'd set out to accomplish? Yeah. I, so you I, I one more thing, just because yeah. you you sent me a. Uh, uh, you know, we were talking beforehand and, you know, the phrase you real you said you and Eric realized was you needed to put your money where your mouth is. Yes. Okay, so, you know, we came back to Andersonville after going back to North Carolina for a couple of years. And we were like, okay, we want to live here. We want to be a part of this community. One of the things we love the most about Andersonville, which I think most people do, especially if you're listening to this podcast, is local independent businesses. And Andersonville, like any neighborhood that becomes popular and that people fall in love with, it has changed and is changing and will continue to change. And one of the conversations that Eric and I had was that if we care so much about local independent businesses, if we love local independent businesses and we want to make sure that that Andersonville stays a neighborhood where local independent businesses can thrive and be successful, then for us, like just shopping at these local businesses wasn't enough. We needed to open our own business. And I think a lot of times there are so many conversations that happen, particularly on social media, <laughs> about the changing dynamics of a neighborhood like Andersonville and businesses that come and go or new things that come to the neighborhood. And, you know, one of the best ways that you can make sure that there maybe aren't more regional or national chains coming into your neighborhood is to lease the space where someone else would open something and open your own thing. Now, that sounds so easy to say on a podcast. <laughs> it's really freaking hard. Um, it's really overwhelming. It's really expensive to do. But if you are able to, if you are in any way able to do that, it that's one of those things that can make a huge difference in your life and in your neighborhood as well. So 
when we were deciding to do paper and pencil, we really felt like now was the time to do it because we were concerned about waiting too much longer and would it become something that would be more difficult to do because there wouldn't be the space available or it would be unaffordable for us. And in our experience of finding a space, we went through a lot of different places, different landlords from locally owned, like totally independent landlords to corporate landlords. We had an experience, which I kind of shared about online when it happened, where we looked at a space and we were moving forward with the broker and the landlord. We sent our letter of intent. We were in the process. We were starting to negotiate terms. And the the corporate landlord came back and said, actually, we want a regional or national tenant instead of a local independent tenant. And that was really frustrating to yeah. hear, like directly from a property owner of like what they were looking for in their space. And it ended up working out. We got incredibly fortunate because we had looked at a space in the spring and summer of 2022 that another uh, potential tenant was looking at. And we were both kind of in the process at the same time going through this letter of intent negotiation process. And because the other tenant was had expressed interest just before us and it started the process just before us, the, the landlord uh, went with them as the tenant for the space. And we were kind of at our wits end. This was summer 2022. And we thought, well, you know what? Maybe it's not going to happen right now. Maybe we should start just online, like start an online business. And then we could eventually have a brick and mortar. And October 2022, so like a year ago right now, the landlord emailed and said, hey, I have another space coming available in the spring. I don't know if you're still looking. I loved your business plan. I loved your concept. I think the neighborhood really needs what you want to do. Do you want this space? And we said, yes. It was half the space of what we initially had looked at, which also meant the rent was more affordable, but we kind of had to adjust our concept from this kind of grand plan we had for the stationary shop, you know, in like a thousand square feet to something that would work in 400 square feet. But it's intimate, it's personable, it, it really is. so well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the shop is like the perfect size for what we're doing. It's the perfect size for our first retail store. It makes it really affordable for us to get started. You know, it's still scary because I don't know, people listening may not know this, but like you sign a five-year lease, at least we did. You sign a personal guarantee saying that if the shop doesn't work, you are personally liable <laughs> for the rent on the shop. Like that's very common for like a local brick and mortar business. That's a brand new business. So we did all those things and went through the process and it was really scary. But like Erica said before, when we talked about it, we kind of just like kept putting one foot in front of the other. And then we got to the beginning of 2023 and we were like, oh crap, I guess, I guess we're opening a store. Like we just <laughs> signed a lease and we just signed a personal guarantee and I guess we're doing it. And we just kept following the process all the way through. But for us, it was really about saying like, what kind of shop do we want to be and what kind of neighborhood do we want Andersonville to continue to be and how can we do our best to help to maintain, you know, that local independent character? How can we ensure a storefront is coming off the market and going to a local independent business so it can't go to a regional or national business? And then like, how can we then make sure we have something that has staying power? And that is where our marketing comes in. That's why we're on Instagram all the time talking about paper and pencil. That's why we're building community. That's why we're hosting events. That's why we're connecting with artists. That's why we're trying to better connect with all of our other neighbors in the neighborhood. And, you know, as new businesses are opening, going in, saying hi, introducing ourselves, buying stuff, because when they succeed, we succeed. And yeah. again, it's just that mentality that we have for um, 
yeah, that really impacts like paper and pencil, but also just our overall approach to kind of being being in community with other people. Well, and I think one thing, you know, we talk about localism and shop local and it's, you know, it is, I would say the main crux of Andersonville is is just the local community and the independent business owners and everyone's very, very passionate about it and we love to see that. But sometimes it's it can be difficult to explain to people why shopping local helps. You know, they know it's good, but they don't necessarily know why. And just one of the things we can point out is you've talked about having these wonderful products from, you know, uh, obviously that you import in some of these top notch products that, you know, you love and are special to you. You also have some of the local product and shopping small is what allows you to continue to get those things in that are really high quality, but also that you love and have a personality to them. And if, you know, if, uh, not shopping local makes it more difficult for you to bring in those products that people really find to be, you know, special and yeah. significant to their lives. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, the more successful that paper and pencil is, that then opens us up to be able to bring in even more unique and exciting products. There's lots of product brands that we that people ask for that we would love to bring in. Fountain pens are a great example. People love them and mm-hmm. they're really exciting products. But to even kind of open an order with some of these brands, it's, you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars to bring in all the product that they would require you to bring in to start, you know, kind of selling that product. And, you know, it's something we're not at the point where we can do yet, but the, the, the more that paper and pencil, the more it works, you know, the more that we can do those things and then bring those things right into the neighborhood. So you can literally just walk down the street and find it instead of having to go on Amazon or go to Evanston to go to Blick or go downtown to go to another shop. You can find it right here where you live. And, the other benefit of shopping local is Eric and I live four blocks from the shop. We work at paper and pencil. Our entire world is like kind of this quarter square mile. We always laugh because like we don't do a good job of leaving <laughs> Andersonville. And I feel like a lot of people, wherever you live is kind of where you are, yeah. you know? So like when you're shopping with us, the money is going back into Cheetah Gym, where we're members, or Basin Vessel, where we're going to go buy a new plant today, or Andersonville, Andersonville Antiques, where we're going to go buy more decor for the shop, or Mercantile M, where we go every other day and buy stuff we don't need, or <laughs> the Understudy, where we go you know, buy ice lattes, or Edgewater Produce, where we get our groceries. Like It's staying right here in Andersonville, which is just so... I think that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's why... We moved to Anderson. <laughs> it's, it's what we aim for. And yeah. it's like, again, we've talked about how supportive the business owners are of each other. So, yeah. you know, I think that's a pretty, that's a commonality between the business owners and, yes. and the people in the neighborhood is, no, we're going to go to this place to shop yes. for the things we need for our own store too. Yes. So one thing that, uh, you know, I've started kind of talking to people about on the podcast that's really intrigued me with different, you know, people's different backgrounds and experiences is a lot of people that are opening businesses right now are, interestingly enough, naturally very right brain people and artists and creatives in whatever manner they, uh, you know, uh, side of uh, art or creativity that they come from. And I'm always interested to hear about um, sort of the balance of the logistics of opening a store, the left brain logistics of opening a store and help making it work and keeping it growing but also utilizing that as a way for your own form of creative expression. Penmanship uh, is, you know, it is an art form. You know, there's a reason that you have people that do these things professionally. They'll write cards professionally. Yeah. Um, So, you know, 
what uh, what's the balance like between those two aspects of your business business? Because your business is clearly very artistically aligned. So yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, like I I'm a very creative person. I love having ideas. Eric, if Eric were here, the reason also the reason Eric is not here, everyone, is not because he wasn't invited. It's because he didn't want to do this. Okay. <laughs> no, he's at the store. He's running the store. Right? <laughs> I know, right? He's working. Um, <laughs> like I am an idea person. I love ideas. I love coming up with new ideas and new projects. The thing, one of the reasons that Eric and I work so well together is because he is way more realistic. And he is really good at reining me in and helping me like focus on what needs to be focused on right now. Because like I'm already envisioning like the five year version of paper and pencil, but we're like at the five month version (laughs) of paper and pencil. So Eric helps me stay like very focused and present with like where we are right now. So for me, it's balancing like all the ideas and the fun stuff and the creative stuff. And at the same time, the reality of like, okay, we have this order from this vendor coming in this week. Rent is due on this day. I can't forget. I keep forgetting to pay the power bill because it's not set up to auto draft. And I just need to remember to auto draft it. And now I'm so annoyed because it was late last month. (laughs) So we're not going to get our deposit back. So like those types of things, you know, like, so it's just like kind of the logistics of it. You know, I think having this business like a a independent or like a like a local brick and mortar business is so different from the business i had before because my business before was me and my laptop and wherever i wanted to be i traveled half the year i worked in coffee shops hotels i worked you know out of like literally the closet in the spare room at our house in north carolina i like had a desk in the closet so i could close it up when we had like people using our spare room so that was the life before this is like much more real so you know it requires me to be way more present and kind of uh the the day-to-day of this business is much more tactical and like realistic than what i've ever done before and i think that's really good because when i think back to that burnout that i mentioned earlier and not enjoying my business anymore it's because i wasn't like grounded and present in what i was doing and this business you know and i envisioned this for a long time i really thought like i want to get up in the morning i want to walk my little gay butt down the street <laughs> to my little gay stationery shop and open the door and turn on my little gay playlist and light my little gay candle and sell my little gay stationery all day and then at the end of the day close up and walk home and get on the couch and like eat dinner and watch drag race at real housewives. And like, (laughs) that's what my life is right now. And I'm so, and I love it. And I'm so thankful for it. I'm exhausted most of the time because running a shop is really tiring, (laughs) but it's a different kind of exhausted. It's a different kind of exhausted. It's not burnout exhausted necessarily. It's like, it's good exhaustion. It's like Eric and I get to the end of every day and we're so tired, but we're just like so proud of what we did that day. And yeah, so I think finding the balance, Eric, it's really helpful that Eric and I are doing this together because he helps me stay very rooted and grounded in what's happening now. He is really good at being in the present and focusing on kind of what needs to happen next. And he's also really good at helping me to stay realistic about like things I want to do, programming I want to introduce, products that I want to bring in. And I think one of the benefits of having a tiny space having 400 square feet is we have to be like really picky. (laughs) We have to be really ruthless with ourselves. We don't have the space to kind of futz around with like 
different products that aren't really going to sell or like doing events that aren't really going to be successful or that we don't really want to do because we have a tiny space in which to do those things. So I think those constraints around what we're doing are actually really helpful, especially as a new business. So what, um, that was a lot of great advice right there, but, uh, what, um, do you have any advice either both for aspiring business owners, but then also maybe, create aspiring creative business owners that don't necessarily have an Eric to, to rein them in. Totally. Yeah. 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 I think for, if you like, you're an aspiring, if you're a creative person that wants to kind of turn your creativity into some kind of business or, or make money through your art or whatever it is that you're doing, I, I think it's really important to think about where your creativity meets the needs of what people want or what people need. I think why, you know, and I did this for a long time and, and helping people market their business or brand. I worked with a ton of creatives, artists, photographers, makers, and where I would always see the rub is people that were creating something solely from the perspective of like, I want to make this thing without ever considering where it met the want or need of the market. And there is something to say for the fact that like, of course there is, you know, like there is someone for every product out there you know, that can be true, but I think if you want to make it, if you want to be more successful sooner, I think really figuring out what is it that the market needs that you can create within the realm of what you make or what you're good at creating. I think that's really important. Paper and pencil is a great example. Uh, When we were talking about this for the longest time, Eric is always, Eric worked in retail before this, before working with me and the marketing business that I had. And he loves clothes and he loves fashion. And he's always wanted to open like a clothing store in particular, like a menswear store. And it's something that we wouldn't do in Andersonville because Cowboys and Astronauts is here and they do it so well. So when we were talking about what we wanted to do, you know, there was a huge gap in the market for a stationary shop in Andersonville, a proper stationary shop, not a gift shop that sells stationary, like a proper stationary shop. There was a, a gap after Martha May left the neighborhood. So it made sense that we could do that. So I think for people that like want to open a local business, or if you're listening and you want to open a business in Andersonville, I think first of all, make sure that like your business fits a need in the neighborhood and there are needs in this neighborhood. You know, there, I, I have so many thoughts. We need a florist in Andersonville. We really need a butcher in Andersonville, like a proper butcher in Andersonville. Um, I have a list, just message me, come find me at the shop. I'll, <laughs> I'll share with you my, my opinions on your what list we need. of your list of Andersonville well, yes. needs and wants. I think things that would just round out the neighborhood experience. We have a lot of some of the same things. I'll leave that discourse for Facebook groups, <laughs> but I think, I think we could introduce some other things mm-hmm. that would round out the village like experience of Andersonville. I get a lot of requests for a donut shop for a local a independent donut shop. donut shop. A donut shop would be great. <laughs> I know. I don't know why downstate went to uptown instead of coming here. I think I do know, but whatever. Okay. So I think like whatever you want to do really has to fit a need. And if what you want to open in Andersonville is already being done, I would think about, is there maybe another place in the city where it could work? Not saying you shouldn't open it here, but just like, why would you? It's going to be more difficult for you and you're not going to earn a lot of goodwill with other business owners, especially if it's another local independent business that you want to do the same thing they're already doing. And I mean, that goes for any neighborhood you'd go into as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think the benefit of a neighborhood like Andersonville is it is so 
big, you know, so like you can have something at the north end of the neighborhood that doesn't really compete with something at the south end of the neighborhood mm -hmm. because like there's so much room between it. And I think a lot of times people underestimate how the coffee shop at the corner of your block is probably going to be your coffee shop versus a coffee shop four blocks away because you're hungover walking to the coffee shop on Tuesday morning, trying to run to work or trying to run to a podcast interview. And you're just going to pop to that coffee shop, <laughs> you know, not saying you were hungover. I don't Charlie. have four extra blocks for, <laughs> for coffee at that point. I don't exactly. have four blocks. And you're going to go to the coffee shop at your corner, which is why I think Andersonville has more than enough room for coffee shops, but that's another conversation for another day. I think like, yeah, making sure what you want to do doesn't exist already. And then if you're in the process of like opening it, you've got to go talk to other local independent business owners, introduce yourself, talk to them about what you want to do, ask about their experience, talk to the newer businesses in particular, you know, those of us that have opened in the past year, we've had a very different experiences than those that have been in the neighborhood for a decade or longer. Yeah. Talk about that experience. And then when you're ready and you are like looking for a place, like get your stuff together, get a business plan together, figure out what it's actually going to cost, and like be really realistic and try to be as bare bones as possible. When we opened paper and pencil, we were like so bare bones with kind of our furniture and fixtures. Everything in that shop is from Ikea or from our apartment. So we could spend money on products. We wanted to have a very full shop from the beginning. I think that's just an indicator of like long-term success for your shop. So we really focused on that. So get your stuff together, like have a business plan, have your opening budget, have some estimates about like how much you're going to make or what it would look like for your business to operate. And if you have questions about what that looks like or how to do it literally just come like talk to us yeah come i mean <laughs> biz, uh, that's one thing that i love too is that business owners in this neighborhood are you know for anyone who's listening and is maybe looking to get into start their own business andersonville business owners are very very open to these discussions and these yes. conversations like, i mean i love hearing all the time about people come in and they say the community embraced me and i didn't know how to do this thing and so i asked these you know, the owners of this business and they were so helpful and, yeah. you know, yes. Yeah. You have those resources like through other businesses, through the chamber, through the, even like when we were opening the, um, you would know more about it than I would Charlie, but like the, in uptown, like the business center, mm -hmm. like they were, in, they were helpful with us with like licensing and permitting stuff. And like, everyone just wants you to be helpful because everyone wants you to succeed. Yeah. You know, like yeah. everyone wants your business to fit in here. And then the last thing I'll say, is um, if you're opening a shop and you're at the process where you like have a, you're in the like negotiation process with the landlord, you have a lease in hand, please, for the love of all things holy, do not sign that lease before like going over it with an attorney, mm. please, because you really want to do everything possible to protect yourself and your family before you sign your life away. Because when you're signing a commercial lease, you are kind of signing your life away. Yeah. So you really want to understand what you're getting into, especially after COVID. You want to understand what your lease allows you to do. Does it allow you to find someone to sublet the space from you? If you decide to sell your business or someone wants to take over your business, can they take over your lease? Or are you still responsible? There's so many components in that. And even down to like the signage in your building, the signage on your storefront, all of that stuff happens in the lease process. So don't sign that lease without having an attorney go over it first. I promise you it's worth the few hundred dollars it's going to cost to get an attorney to consult with you on the lease. Yeah, I mean, I you, we hear this a lot, obviously, from new business owners, but something that aspiring ones might not be 
necessarily as, as specifically aware of is you can start this business and you can, you know, open the doors and have a thousand people walk in in the first, you know, couple of days. But, you know, a lot of these, you might not turn a profit for, for a year, maybe yeah. even more. Uh, so, you know, having all of those loose ends tied up is really what's protecting you. And, yeah. you know, in the event that something drastic happens or you have to make a change and yes, you know, so, yeah. and that's why having, you know, this network and community of other business owners is so important because you can walk in and say, Hey, this is what we're going through right now. Or I'm trying to figure this out. Can you please help me with this? Or do you have any thought? Like for us, it's been as simple as like trigger treating in Andersonville is coming up very soon. We're going to do it. How much candy do we buy? <laughs> so literally we just like talk to Dina at enjoy, talk to the guys at Andersonville antiques. You know, I posted in the chamber of commerce, Facebook group, like how much candy should I buy? And everyone is like, a ton, buy a lot of candy. And we're like, okay, great. Thank you. That's really helpful. Yeah. Well, whatever's left over, just bring to the chamber. We'll take care of it for you. So before we, before we check out here, I always like to end with my most exciting questions in terms of what is new and exciting in the stationary world, <laughs> whatever that means to you, you know, what's new and exciting, what's coming up? What's, uh, what are you excited for? Yeah. So, well, at the time of the airing of this podcast, we are just a couple of weeks away from rolling out all of our holiday products at paper and pencil, which I know feels a little bit wild. So November 1st, we'll be putting out all of our holiday cards, um, individual cards, card sets, all of that stuff, and really diving into the holiday season. It's our first holiday season, so we're excited for that. So we'll be introducing that. Also, really going into November, we'll be introducing more calendars, 2024 calendars, and even more planners for 2024. So definitely stop by and get your planner for next year. Go ahead and get your 2024 calendar. We have wall calendars, desk calendars, all kinds of different designs and options and things like that. So those are coming in. Um, Do you have any uh, events coming up with paper and pencil? Yeah. So uh, starting in November, we're really starting to roll out our event calendar. So uh, we'll be hosting a um, every other month. We'll be hosting snail mail club at paper and pencil. So you can come in the evening, hang out, bring greeting cards, bring letters, bring whatever you want to bring. And we're just going to hang out together, listen to some music, have some snacks and write letters and write cards. So it's a really good time to like get your birthday cards written, to write letters to friends, write postcards. If you don't have anything, you can still come to Snail Mail Club and you can buy it at Paper and Pencil. And we'll have a whole selection of pens and markers and stamps and ink and tape and things that you can use to adorn your snail mail. So that's starting in November at Paper and Pencil. At the end of November, we'll be hosting our holiday card party. So this will be a paid event where you can come in, you'll get a box of holiday cards, and then you'll have access to a bunch of different holiday stamps and stickers and things that you can use to write your cards and we will put postage on them for you and mail them out for you oh, so wow, you don't nice. have an excuse to send your holiday cards <laughs> so that's coming up at the end of november and then in december we're excited to partner with the floriography fellows for a floral bouquet nice. workshop we just had them at arts weekend as well yes yeah, so we're excited for to start working with them for workshops so really yeah we're just starting to introduce our meetups and workshop schedule going into winter because like you know, it's sleepy time, it's chill time in Chicago, especially after the new year, 
y'all need to get out of your apartments in you know February, <laughs> March. I know you don't want to, but we have a lot of fun events coming up at the shop in the winter. So you can meet with other stationary lovers. We're going to start a quarterly stationary swap. So you can come in and bring in new or lightly used stationary items and tools and swap with other people. We're going to start a journal and planner club. So you can come in and just talk about your journal or talk about your planner because people love that stuff. So more and more events are coming to paper and pencil. They're going to be small because we've got a tiny little space, <laughs> but they're going to be fun and a really good way for you to meet other people. So for the stationary swap, can I bring, I have a lot of stationary over the years of uh, that drug reps brought my father, uh, okay, my, no. my Prilosec uh, <laughs> notepad. Can I bring that in and swap that out? I don't think that's really the quality we're <sighs> looking for, but if you have okay. free Prilosec, I will take it because I am <laughs> in my mid thirties. That's a little so. bit, uh, that's a little bit more of a complicated trade-off. <laughs> um, and then Tyler, where can people find you in terms of Instagram, Facebook, you know, even just the physical store itself. Yeah. So paper and pencil is located at 1480 West Berwyn Avenue. So we're right in the heart of Andersonville, just behind Big City Optical next to Elo Elo Custom Framing. So come see us. We're there Wednesday through Sunday. In December, the closer we get to Christmas, we will be open seven days a week. So just uh, stop by to check out our hours or you can follow us on Instagram at Paper and Pencil Chicago. We are posting regular updates there. Whenever we're open, we're posting on Instagram. So check out some of our posts there and you can find us at paperandpencilchicago.com. For people that can't as conveniently make it to Andersonville, is there still a way from them to connect with you? Yes, so following us on Instagram is definitely the best place to hang out with us and see what's going on at the shop. And then our online shop will be launching in 2024. So you'll be able to shop online and pick up in store or we'll mail it directly to you. Awesome. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for being here today. This is great. I've, I've, it's such a fun conversation about, about stationary. And now, wait, do you really have, can I come get a wax seal for, oh, yeah. I'm, Gonna, I, oh, I'm so excited. I'm gonna yes. start doing that. I'm gonna feel like I'm in Game of Thrones or something. We have the wax, we have everything you need for wax seals. And if you don't want to get into all that, we also have pre made wax seals on a sticker that you can just peel the back off and put oh, that no, on your I wanna, too. I wanna stamp my own <laughs> the wax whole experience. seal. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah, we have it. Well, Tyler, thank you for talking with me today. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, thanks, Charlie.